This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 179-inch. On this episode, we interview the legendary YouTuber, comedian, and rapper behind epic rap battles of history, Epic Lloyd! It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Welcome back, Ethan. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, hey, Dave. Uh, which one? Oh. Did you visit multiple people in your family? For what? Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving, you mean, Dave? You know what, Ethan? Forget I even asked, because now it's time for What's Happening in Weird Al-Related News. Earlier this week, Weird Al released a brand new 22-second long version of his parody song, I Lost on Jeopardy! for free on his YouTube page. Weird Al explained that he re-recorded I Lost on Jeopardy for use in the drunk driving scene in Weird the Al Yankovic story, but ultimately decided against including it because it had not been introduced previously in the film and because it would have cost several thousand dollars extra in licensing fees. He then went on to explain that he doesn't own the publishing on his parody songs, the songwriters of the originals do. So basically, they can charge whatever they want when the song is used in TV shows and movies. He mentioned that Nirvana's publisher quoted a six-figure price for them to use Smells Like Nirvana in the film, which is unfortunately why it is not in the film. And while Greg Kinn's quote was actually quite reasonable, it was a relatively low-budget production and every penny counted. Plus, they really wanted to afford Dave and I for the movie. He also mentioned that one of the reasons why he re-recorded his old tracks was so that he would own the master recordings instead of having to pay his old record company for master usage. But he still has to pay publishing fees for the actual songs. Now, once Weird Al released the track, John Bermuda Schwartz commented in our Facebook group, group.2000inch.com, Wow, didn't know he was going to let that slip out. Well then, here's some trivia. The hand claps are from Al's original recording in December 1983, courtesy of my audio archive, of course. How pretty stinking majestic. Heads up to our listeners down under. Five new Australian tour dates have been added to the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. The tour dates immediately follow the previously announced European tour dates and span from March 10th through March 20th and cover Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney, Perth, and Brisbane. Tickets go on sale to the general public on Friday, December 2nd at 11 a.m. local time with a pre-sale the day before, Thursday, December 1st, at 11 a.m. local time. Australian fans have no need to fret, because the VIP packages will also be available for these tour dates. For more information, head to the tour page at weirdal.com. This episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito! Or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. 
From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. More videos have surfaced of Weird Al playing in a garage band with the likes of David Wayne and Ken Marino, as well as an exciting update. Tickets are on sale now for Ken Marino and David Wayne's middle-aged Dad Jam Session on Friday, January 20th at the San Francisco Sketchfest. The band features Frank Barrera, John Spurney, Eduardo Pena, Henry Wayne, and Jordan Katz, and will feature special guests Carrie Kenny Silver, Thomas Lennon, Joe LaTrulio, and more. Now, while Weird Al is not listed as appearing on the event, based on these videos that have popped up, there is a reasonable chance that he will be part of the and more contingent. The confusion surrounding the actual release date of Z2 Comics' The Illustrated Al, The Songs of Weird Al Yankovic, has gotten even more confusing, if you can imagine. Reports of a local comic shop day version, exclusive to, you guessed it, local comic shops, started showing up in stores around the originally intended release date. This version features cover art by Mark Fredrickson, the Mad Magazine artist behind the current tour's VIP artwork. The cover draws inspiration from Amish Paradise, showing Weird Al with Florence Henderson parodying the iconic American Gothic painting by Grant Wood. This exclusive hardcover edition is limited to 2,000 inches, I mean copies, so be sure to check out your local comic shop. On American Thanksgiving, our friend Aaron Henry let us know that the New York Times crossword puzzle featured a very interesting clue. Alright Dave, 37 down. Singer with the debut single, My Bologna, 1979. So what do you think the answer was? W-E dot I-R-D-A-L. You got that correct, Dave! Also on the American Thanksgiving episode of Good Mythical Morning, Rhett and Link played a clip of Weird Al from an appearance on a different American Thanksgiving episode. They also referred to the holiday as American Thanksgiving in the episode, so with consideration of the phrase, great minds think alike, we'd like to officially offer them a chance to sponsor our podcast. Unfortunately, we have some very sad news to report. Our friend Eric Rhodes alerted us to the fact that prolific actor Grant James passed away last Wednesday at the age of 87. Among his impressive at least 188 credits on IMDb, Grant played the role of Killer Thug in the film UHF. You will recognize Grant as the thug who says, Let me kill him, please. Let me kill him. In the scene where the four thugs are driving a kidnapped and blindfolded Stanley Spadowski to Channel 8 headquarters. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, Gil and Chill in Peace, Grant. Our Patreon family should stay tuned for an influx of bonus episodes coming soon, including concert reviews and episodes from our Weird Bonus series over at patreon.com slash 2,000-inch. And cheapskates, I mean the frugal fans, you know you are, you'll just have to keep on waiting with your fingers crossed, but don't worry, You'll hear them all eventually. Luckily for our Patreon family, and yes, this time even the cheapskates, you do not have to wait any longer to hear this episode's interview. Dave and I are thrilled to welcome this episode's guests. He and his collaborators have garnered 
two Emmy nominations, 11 RIAA certified gold singles, nearly 4 billion YouTube channel views, but most importantly, they worked with Weird Al in their song and video, Sir Isaac Newton vs. Bill Nye. Please welcome the creator and star of Epic Rap Battles of History, Epic Lloyd. How's it going, Lloyd? Going very well. Thank you for that exciting introduction. I feel as though I'm like a WWE wrestler or something like that. Or like a reti- retired baseball star or something. You, you're very much like both of those. <laughs> right on. Cool. Well, we're, we're so excited to have you on, and, and we're really thankful that uh, Zach Sherwin was able to connect us, our, our former guest and, and friend of the podcast. You guys worked on Epic Rap Battles, but when did you actually start doing comedy and, and rap and, and all of that? I started doing improv in college at UMass Amherst in probably like 1997. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I think like a lot of other sort of comedy slash rappers, like the improv show was an excuse to try freestyle rapping. So it, it was sometimes a part of the show and then it just became part of the parties afterwards and then it became part of the car drives and then it became you know annoying to everybody else at the party who wasn't doing it (laughs) so it started there and then uh we all i ended up moving out to chicago and both the comedy and the rapping stuff kind of took separate paths but they were always hand in hand if you will yeah yeah so i mean i'm curious at what point you sort of hooked up with with a nice peter and as well zach sherwin i think they pretty much came hand in hand in in your career is that is that correct uh no that's actually not correct that's very very wrong actually (laughs) oh okay (laughs) (laughs) um i met zach sherwin while i was in college still we started an improv um like convention, like we called it the New England College Improv Jam, still running to this day, but they don't know who I am. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> do they not know was, who you are or do they not made the connection to who you are yet? Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, that was actually Zach calling, telling me that I was wrong about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the, that might happen. That's that might be my signature for this particular podcast because I'm a busy guy. <laughs> this house is a, is a zoo sometimes. I have a couple of dogs, Parker and Luna. I'm just going to preface up top. If you hear maniacal dog barking, it's I'm not being attacked. They just uh, they, they feel as though when the door gets knocked on, they need to let everybody else know that they heard it. So, yeah, but now if, if there's um, if there's a, a vicious dog attack, if like a dog breaks into your house and attacks you, we're just going to assume that it's okay. And so I hope there's not a Boy Who Cried Wolf situation during this podcast recording is all I'm saying. Yeah. We'll have audio <laughs> proof of my disappearance. Uh, you guys can definitely accept any kind of ransom that gets held or anything like that. Well, we'll split. How about okay, that? okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So I, what we, I met Zach in college at this improv convention, um, and then he was in another improv group somewhere in Massachusetts. I can't remember where he went to college, but we were freestyling in a circle, and he was another guy who could freestyle at the party. And so we just sort of linked up that like that. So I've known Zach longer than I've known Pete. Oh, wow. I didn't meet Pete until okay. I moved to Chicago. And like, I moved to Chicago in 1999. Then I probably met Pete like 2001 or 2002. Um, so I was already friends with Zach that whole time. So 
yeah, it's been a long time okay. dating wow. myself. But <laughs> now, is it true that you are the the originator? You came up with the idea for epic rap battles of history. Mm, no, also very wrong, very wrong. <laughs> uh, the, uh, <laughs> no, I mean yes and no. I guess yes and no. Zach and I were doing a freestyle rap comedy show at what was then called the West Side Eclectic, which is a comedy club in Santa Monica. So he and I were in a show called Check One Two, where we would do about a 45 minute or like an hour long show, kind of like Freestyle Love Supreme. And we would take suggestions from the audience and do different segments. So we would do, you know, everybody hold up your, you know, hold up your <gasps> was the name of one of the segments. So you hold up your <laughs> and then you grind things with it. But one of the segments that we came up with, one of the segments that we came up with was called Celebrity Rap Battle. So we would ask the audience for celebrities and then we would freestyle battle rap them on stage. So Pete, I, I, he had moved to Los Angeles by that time and he came to the show and then I was like, hey, do you want to do this show with us? And he was like, definitely not. But I think <laughs> that that rap battle segment, I think we should make a YouTube video out of that because he was just starting oh. to do YouTube videos um, at the time and was looking for like concepts and stuff. So huh. we started making little demos and doing like just tests. And then that's, it kind of took off from there. Wow. Yeah. And what was your reaction to, to that? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to start guessing again because I've been wrong so far, but Very I mean, wrong. Very just, wrong. I just, just want to, you know, did you ever think that epic rap battles of history would, you know, escalate so quickly into the viral series that it became when you, it was first pitched to you at that time? No, definitely not. I mean, this was, again, this was like 2009, 2010. So the internet and internet videos and YouTube videos, and even the idea of internet stars wasn't invented yet. So yeah. I had been in my fair share of like, Hey friend, you know, insert friend and relationship there. <laughs> you want to come and do this internet video we're shooting? And it was like, all right, fine. And then you get it back and you're like, ah, it's okay. You know, you don't want to show anybody. But so, <laughs> right. but Pete, I always knew was really funny. And we were with a company called Maker very early in the day, Maker Studios. So he got signed with them before I did. So he was with them. And they, they were pretty savvy about how they approached sharing the content online. And they also were pretty savvy about the talent that they brought in, both on camera and off camera. So when we shot the thing, the first episode, it was like, it took like three hours. You know, I brought in my own suit. We like taped some hair on my head. And then, <laughs> then we did our little wraps and then we left. But then when I saw the video, when I saw the cut of it, because I had no, I had no idea what they were even going to do. Like there was no, like now rap battles is almost kind of like a, it's kind of like a format. You can kind of expect what the shots are going to be and what's going to happen. But then I right. didn't know so when the first time I got the cut back, I was like, oh, this is very funny. This is, this is really good. <laughs> and so I still didn't think it was going to blow up. You know, like a lot of YouTubers are online for years and years, and then they kind of grow their audiences. And then I just build ours was like the, the second video in was like, an explosion and then it was <laughs> never stopped from there. Right. Yeah. So I didn't never, I, I always actually kind of like boo pooed internet stuff. I was like, that's not what I'm trying to do, you know? Right. Um, 
So it was a surprise. It was, it was very much, it took me by surprise. I knew, you know, I, you don't move to Los Angeles and risk everything you have and, and work so hard because you don't believe in yourself. I knew that I was a hard worker and that I was talented, probably the best person in the world, just flat out. But I think in general, the, uh, <laughs> the unexpectedness of it was the biggest like eye opener for me. I'm like, oh, this is how my life is going to go. All right, cool. I'm curious where the the first couple ideas came from because I know kind of famously when you do the battle videos, it comes from user submitted ideas and comments. Were the first couple just ones that you guys were tossing around, or what was your thought process there? No, it was they've always been exactly what they still are. Pete was doing a show on his channel called the Monday Show, where it was sort of like a vlog, and he asked the audience to give him a, like a couple of matchups. He's like, hey, if you were going to see a rap battle between some celebrities, who do you think it would be? <laughs> and he just got, you know, a couple, like a handful. And he's a big Beatles fan. So the first one, Bill O'Reilly versus John Lennon. That's the first one we went with. And it went great, you know? Yeah. And then at the end of that, you, you actually can notice at the end of the episode one, it doesn't say who won who's next. It just ends you know just says epic rap battles of history again right right but people just like flooded us with more comments of you should do this next you should do this next so it's always been very true to that form the audience and us have been very collaborative in that way i can imagine earlier on it, unless at least like getting ideas from the monday show maybe is less than the millions of comments you get on you know you know more of the current videos how do you weed through those and pick your favorites? Like, what is, is there a process? Is there someone whose entire job is that? No, it's, it's a back and forth. It's always been a back and forth. And we're not one of those series that makes a thousand videos a year. So when we pick what the episodes are, we're pretty selective. At this point, we get so many comments on all the videos that pretty much any matchup you can imagine, we can go and find it. Right. So <laughs> it's a little bit more of a, what do we like the most and what makes the most sense and what do we think is actual worthy history to go down in the annals of ERB. And in the last couple of years, probably like the last four or five years, we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash ERB. And we, we speak a lot with the patrons about, you know, they get a little bit more insider information. And so we do polls and we, we do live streams and we do writers sessions where we, we, we hash out these ideas with like, a good pool of people who are really interested in wow. the series How awesome. and we hash it out. We kind of like, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's really nice because it's, things are surprising. I'm always surprised. And Pete and I are very different in a, you know, just a lot, a lot of different ways. And certainly in the things that we think are cool and awesome and they kind of balance each other out. And then the patrons and the, and the, just the community at large, is like the, the tiebreaker a lot of times, you know? Hmm. Well, you talked a little bit about how you get your ideas for the videos that you do, but I'm just curious about just the whole process and what goes into making the uh, video, you know, as, as far as, you know, writing the lyrics and the music and, and all that. How does that all break down? How does that come about? Well, we pick the matchup first. That's takes a while and we go back and forth and then we try and find a beat. We work with lots of different beats producers online and friends of ours. And then the writing process starts. And that really is the, you know, the block stops there. The block, the buck. 
The buck stops at the writing. So. The buck <laughs> Once the song is done, the rest of the production is like starts to fall into place a lot faster. So sometimes we write fast. We've been writing our latest battle for like months, kind of because we're just still getting out of COVID and we're just starting to meet again on a regular basis. Yeah. But the writing mm-hmm. is very, very exhaustive. We research the characters. We really try to dive into them. We want to make it, we have this sort of like reverse triangle process of writing jokes where it's almost like that four food groups pyramid that I guess they don't like anymore, (laughs) where it's an upside down triangle. And like (laughs) the goal is for the largest slice on the top to be the majority of the jokes that most people will understand so that just any old person would hear it and, oh, I know this about that person. Okay, great. Then the second level is deeper fans. They, you know, they, they, they get more than the average bear, but they're not fanatics. Mm-hmm. And then the small point of the triangle is the real diehards. <laughs> and even though it's the smallest sort of triangle of the, of the pyramid or whatever, it's really, really important to get those ones right. Because a lot of times those are the people who are the biggest amplifiers and they're the biggest geeks and they share it all and they, they right. really get excited. So right. if, it en- if it ends up feeling flat or sort of uninspired, a lot of times it's because we haven't dug deep enough. So the, the, the writing really, <laughs> the writing really is where it all goes. Mm. <laughs> so when you're, you know, in a classic video, it's usually you versus Pete. I know there's a lot of different guests and stuff, but in, in an example of a, a video of you versus Pete, are you just writing your own side and he's writing his own or is it all just everyone's working on everything? Yeah. And then more than that, we, again, we, we go to our patrons these days. We have, we have this thing on Patreon called the writer's room where people submit jokes, they submit ideas, we sift through them and we call, you know, different guest writers to write. Like if we're doing a British character or a woman or someone of a different race, um, we're always calling on lots of different people to help us write them. There is a big difference between joke lyrics, writing jokes and writing joke lyrics and then actually making those into a song. And I would say that's the part that is really the special sauce of Pete and I, I think is, is taking, and obviously we write our own jokes as well too, and contribute to those in a major way, but it's taking all of those raw materials and then putting it in an order in some sort of fashion and some sort of thought stream of thought that makes sense in a song so that you're not talking about, you know, if you were doing Luke Skywalker or something, you're not talking about his lightsaber in one breath and then, you know, something completely out of left field so that the jokes don't stack right. right. That's, that's the biggest part of what we do that. Yeah. I think makes it the fingerprint of us. So there's one, uh, one definitely battle we do want to talk to you about. And of course that is the uh, Sir Isaac Newton versus Bill Nye battle with of course, starring Weird Al. But, Weird uh, Al. Bef- <laughs> yeah, Weird Al. But before we get to that, I'd like to know: uh, Were you a fan of Weird Al before this video? I'm going to take you walk. I take you a walk through history. Picture a young <laughs> boy growing up in a normal Norman Rockwell esque New Hampshire in his in his bedroom with st- Star Wars wallpaper and a bunk bed top bunk no bottom bunk that his dad built him and made his friends jealous. And I have a little tiny radio at the head of my bed. And I would listen to Dr. Demento every weekend with my brother. And Weird Al was 
all over that. And it was just a part, you know, Yoda and I love Rocky road and another one rides the bus and all of those things. Mm. I would just try and wait and then be like, shut up, Dr. Demento. I'm trying to tape this song. And you're talking over the top of it. <laughs> that pesky Dr. Demento. So yeah, I was I was into Weird Al before I was ever knew I would do music or acting or any of that stuff. Wow. Probably since I was like fourth grade, fifth wow. grade, something like that. So out of everybody that I've worked with, he's definitely the person that I was like, oh my God, that's Weird Al. <laughs> and yeah. Wow. And so had you ever uh, met him or or uh, anything like that before he actually was brought on to be Sir Isaac Newton? No, I had not. I'd never been to a concert of his or um, any of that stuff. And then w- hmm. when we got linked up with him, it, I forget how it even got pitched to us. I don't even remember. I mean, where or who had the contact? You know who did? This is... We worked with a guy named Raf Serrano, who was another guy at Maker. He was a musical engineer who who is, is to this day still, I believe, Al's, uh, I, get, I get to call him just Al because we're close like that, <laughs> Al's like music engineer. And he would tell stories about, hey, you know, like I was working with Weird Al this last weekend. And I, and I was like, you work with Weird Al Yankovic? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was he who floated that idea to either myself or Pete or somebody at Maker. And then when the YouTube flurry started to take off and before like mainstream music and mainstream TV and film all had their, you know, had their feet firmly planted in it, mm-hmm. the the MCNs, what they call them, like multi-channel networks like Maker and Machinima and all these other ones, they really mm-hmm. had a lot of heat on them in a good way. And so all these big time celebrities, Snoop Dogg and Keen Peel and you know T Pain and all these people, they were they were all like, okay, let's get into this. So I, I think he was also, you know, he's a smart guy. So he was really open and, and warm to the idea of doing something new that the kids liked now. What was the new wave? And <laughs> our demographic and what we do really lined up with what he did. And so, and and I think we also had the views. And and by that time, we had been doing quite a few, and they had good numbers. So. It was, I think it was an easy fit, I think, for him. I mean, not easy, but it made sense. On paper, it made sense. Right. Yeah. And what went into the process of, of uh, linking up Weird Al with Sir Isaac Newton? Was that, uh, I, I mean, I guess whose idea was it to link up uh, Weird Al as Sir Isaac Newton? Well, that suggestion came from the fans. It didn't, it didn't specify that Al should be Sir Isaac Newton, but when we looked at, you know, we look at the person, we look at their energy and we look at how, what, what can we picture in our mind? And I think Pete immediately saw Weird Al in that giant curly wig. <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, and I was just, uh, I was just pissed that I didn't get to be in the video. You know what I mean? Like, but well, that happens sometimes, but right. the, uh, <laughs> the imagery of Weird Al as Sir Isaac Newton, because you look at that classic picture of Sir Isaac Newton, it's that <laughs> like long wig and he's sitting there right. and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it also kind of, it, it kind of fit with what we thought he might think is funny. You know, I don't, I don't think Weird Al would want to play like Rampage Jackson or, you know, <laughs> some sort of like violent thing. I think he would want to play something that was family friendly and informative and educational. And so 
that was what we pitched him and he was all about it <laughs> it's so great so cool. <laughs> and i i remember it came out like a month before mandatory fun came out so it was like it was a great promo for his um his album which ended up being you know number one on the billboard charts and um did you work so you weren't in the episode but did you you worked on it you wrote you know you wrote for it and, and worked on the episode right 100 yeah. percent. and the, the other thing a lot of people i mean al is such a huge presence but the other person in that video is charlie tuna from jurassic 5 who played neil degrasse tyson so right yeah i um in the demo that we pitched to al and charlie like i i did the whole um neil degrasse tyson verse and i laid that down and like i said we all write all the jokes together and zach wrote a lot of the jokes too zach was a, a writer with us for a very long time mm -hmm. and still is so yeah i was like as involved as i always am when we're not in the battles like on camera sometimes it's almost like a relief because the shoot is the hardest part it's really taxing on your energy and your body and nobody's getting any younger oh really but um uh, yeah, it's the it's my least favorite part is the actual shoot. I still like it. It's just out of all the parts, I don't like that part as much. <laughs> but it was, yeah, I'm involved on the shoot day, and we have a behind the scenes videos of all the battles, and I always like to go back and watch them because those days are fun when you're working with celebrities. So you look in the video like an apple falls and he catches the apple and then, but like, I'm like up on a ladder dropping this apple down to him, <laughs> throwing him things right. and stuff. And, it's cool. Can you give us an example of what makes these shoots so grueling? I mean, it just is it the the length of them, or is it just uh, what is it that that you that makes them the most grueling part of the process? Well, it's really easy to find out. Like basically, just go in the bathroom and then pick a rap song and then scream it into the mirror as loud as you can <laughs> 70, 80, 90 times for six hours, <laughs> and then usually on top of that. Wear a snowsuit and wrap yourself in a scarf and put a wig on. Uh, and in my case, I don't know why it's always me, but I'm either in a fat suit or a muscle suit or some sort of crazy clown head or something. Then you know, put some razor sharp teeth in your face um, and you'll find out very quickly. <laughs> I am curious how the roles are assigned. And yes, you do tend to have a certain type of character that you play. <laughs> is that on purpose or how does that get decided? Uh, it's usually the nose. Like whoever's got the closest nose to the person is usually the winner. <laughs> like if it's like a slick kind of, you know, skinny, beaky kind of nose, that's usually going to go Pete's way. If it's, you know, someone with some jowls or something and, and uh, <laughs> you know, big teeth, that's usually going to go my way. I do have a, someone once described Pete and I as a, like Pete's the, the fuzzy part of the Velcro and I'm the prickly part. And then <laughs> that's what makes it stick. So that's kind of, that's kind of how it goes. Usually it's very obvious. Yeah. Usually, usually if you go, Hey, Pete would make a really good blank and you go, shut up. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of another it's another nice thing about the working with Pete is that be, we're so like we're so different. Also, like besides being two white bald dudes, like physically and energy wise, we're different too, and we rap differently. And so mm. those things lend themselves to casting pretty seamlessly. I feel like your characters tend to be like the angrier of the two. I don't know if is that something that you've you shut up you shut your face <laughs> yeah 
definitely. Yeah. That's my range. My, my range is, is, you know, screaming East Coast, East, East Coast angst. Right. Uh, you know, I'm from New York. I'm, I'm from New England. Well, I, I got to ask, oh, you know, geez. you grew up with Star Wars wallpaper. Were you bummed you didn't get to play Darth Vader? You played Adolf Hitler. I mean, no. <laughs> not, because I like, uh, not because I like Adolf Hitler. It's such. It's always weird to talk about that one because it's like, hey, what are your favorite characters in ERB that you've ever played? And it'd be weird to be like, oh man, my favorite's Adolf Hitler, hands down. Really connected. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think that Pete Pete can Pete has a voice that can go pretty low uh and mine is low but it gets raspy when it gets low so it does, it wouldn't really sound right and also when we first did the battles i mean hitler versus vader was episode two but in the first battle we didn't really try to impersonate the characters that much we dressed up a little bit like them but pete didn't do an english accent for john lennon and i didn't really try to mimic the mannerisms of bill o'reilly very much and we were kind of going into that into the second one but we were like i mean you got to do a darth vader verse i mean voice right and we were like for hitler yeah. like what are we going to do for hitler and i was like i think he should just come out like i am adolf Hitler." <laughs> like, that's the voice it's the only way it's the only acceptable way <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah he just has to be over the top and ridiculous angry little man right um right <laughs> Yeah. You know, interestingly, so Vader versus Hitler is one of the all-time, you know, favorite matchups and it spawned two sequels. I think some of those are the ones that have actually gone gold. Do you not like being associated with Hitler <laughs> or is it just in good fun enough that you can rationalize it? Well, we're going to stop it right there, and we'll finish the rest of the interview on the next episode. Well, a huge thanks to Epic Lloyd for joining us on this episode. We can check him out at EpicLloyd.com, Epic Lloyd on Facebook and YouTube, The Epic Lloyd on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, Epic Rap Battles of History, ERB on YouTube. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota, uh, beautiful, it is also not federally divided. Dave, do you know what an LGA is? I'm going to guess it's the airport code for LaGuardia Airport. Well, yes, but it also stands for local government areas. And Australia's Northern Territory is divided administratively into 17 local government areas. Ah, I see what's happening, Ethan. You must be reading from the Discover Darwin Australia ad by mistake again. Well, technically I am, but I found something concerning in it, Dave. Oh, yeah? One of the local government areas in Australia's Northern Territory is the city of Darwin, Australia, of course. That isn't too concerning. We like all Darwins here, regardless of where in the world they are located. Yes, but another one of the local government areas in Australia's Northern Territory is the municipality of Litchfield. Dun, dun, dun. Ah, freaky. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next Down Under expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. 
This is a special hamster alert to the Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast broadcast alert system sponsored by Jack Bateman. Hey, did you know, on average, a litter of hamsters usually consists of eight hamster babies? No, I did not know the average hamster litter consisted of eight hamster babies. Do you want to know the largest known hamster litter? Yes, I want to know the largest known hamster litter. Born on February the 28th, 1974, in Louisiana, United States, the Miller family hamster gave birth to a litter of 26 baby hamsters. Wow, if only Mrs. Hamster Miller had one more baby. Or had given birth one day earlier on the 27th. Wow, 26 baby hamsters. What do you think they named them? Ethan. Ethan? I think they named them all Ethan. That is all for this episode's very important special hamster alert via the Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast broadcast alert system. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Jackson Scoggins, Discover Darwin, and Jack Bateman. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, Jake, Zeb, Zach, Dana B., Blair, Kev, Javier, Scott, UH Jeff, Nancy, NES Josh 64, Mike, Matthew, Kenneth, Gus and Alicia, Allison, Adriana, Ajax, and also thanks to Wendy and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our fantastically freaky and family-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your very own private RSS feed, and access to secret episodes. And now would be a good time to join if you haven't already, because not only will you be the first to hear our remaining The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulging Ill-Advised Vanity Tour concert review bonus episodes of 2022, you'll also be the first to hear our brand new Weird The Al Yankovic Story Insider Bonus Episode Series. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise shop over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from purchases go directly towards supporting our fine, fine podcast. Why not buy an inverse logo shirt a few sizes too large and wear it as a dress? Or wear it as a kilt? We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump to Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you are there, click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour. Or click on Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episodes for our special series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book, page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast applications. Make sure you're subscribed, because not only does it help the podcast, it feels real good! 
Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official patent pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline 347 spatula. You might even hear your message in a future episode. Thank you once again to this episode's guest, Epic Lloyd. We also wish to thank John Bermuda Schwartz, Zach Sherwin, Insane Ian Bonds, Dustin Soper, Aaron Henry, Eric Rhodes, Spencer Parks, Johnny O'Hearn, and of course, Mr. and Mrs. Hamster Miller and their 26 children named Ethan. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song, and thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Next episode, the epic conclusion to our interview with Epic Lloyd. And until next time, remember to gill and chill. All right, Ethan, you know how Weird Al is playing in Europe and Australia next year? Yeah, of course. I am so jealous. I just wish I could be at every single show. Well, I was wondering something. Oh, yeah? What's that? Well, he hasn't played in Australia since 2016, and he hasn't played in Europe since 2015, right? That's correct. And in 2018, the tour was called the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour, right? That's also correct. Well, that tour did not cover Europe or Australia. I suppose not, Dave. I find that statement to be accurate. So then why are they allowed to call it the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour when they never were there in the first place? That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 179-inch. The epically weird Weird Al Podcast. Shut up, Dr. Demento. I'm trying to tape this song, and you're talking over the top of it. That pesky Dr. Demento.